All right, here we are. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the All Portable Discussion Zone. It's a bi-weekly live stream all about amateur radio portable ops, and my name is Charlie. Call sign is November Juliet 7 Victor. And with me this morning are the, uh, show's, the show's two co-hosts, Dan, KC7MSU. Morning. And Brian, W7JET. Morning, fellas. And I'm also pleased to introduce uh, to you uh, today's guest, Chris ZL4RA. Kia ora. Hey, guys. What's up? And, uh, of course, we also have the uh, regulars in the chat room. Uh, so you guys go ahead and uh, join in. And, and if you have questions or, or comments, go ahead and post them up, and we'll respond to them. Uh, if you uh, uh, Don't forget that this is a show that's converted to a podcast about 24 hours after the show airs. So uh, go ahead and check that out as well if you like the uh, audio format better and so let's go ahead and uh, go around uh, so chris what we do is we just kind of go around the around the horn and tell everybody kind of what we've been up to f since we last met so you can just kind of you know anything radio related or whatever but we'll start with uh, dan first and see what he's been up to and we'll end with you uh, chris so go ahead dan all right uh let's see haven't been doing a lot radio wise i was planning on uh hitting a summit this morning uh but then i remember we got a show to do so that didn't work out real well, so hoping to uh, hoping to get one in here at some point this weekend. But I uh, did get to do a little bit of chasing today, and uh, that was pretty fun. So that's uh, my radio week. Okay, cool. All right, uh, Brian, uh, to, uh, bring us up to speed on what you've been doing. All right, so W7JET here. Not very radioactive. Um, been more uh, death by PowerPoint and online test and learn how to use this iPad and this is the app for this and this is the app for that and this is how you do this with that but don't do it this way do it that way I know that that's what the book says but that's totally wrong and all the fun things that come with a new job um, so yes I have begun my uh, my my journey into the, uh, the the new place that I have started at which I will probably reveal where that is later on but it's with a major airline here in the United States and uh, it's going well. Um, I finished up my week yesterday and flew home at the end of the day. I've got today and tomorrow home. I got to go back up to where I'm training at on Monday for something quick. And then I'm off for a couple of days after that. And then we get into the meat of it. Then I get to learn all about the airplane and um, the systems and all that stuff and work my way through the simulator and making that journey over the next few months. So only ham radio stuff I did this week was my uh, two CW ops classes in the in the evenings and managing to do that with the more Sereno and the touch paddles because I had to sacrifice bringing an actual key with me, which has been uh, interesting. I, I don't know if anybody's really messed with those touch paddles very much on the more Sereno, but when you start getting up above 24, 25 words a minute, they become a little hard to do stuff with. You throw an extra did in there every now and then. Anyway, <laughs> over to you, Charlie. Okay, <laughs> good. Sounds good. All right. Well, for me, I, I uh, have been just trying to kind of figure out uh, a tuner and an antenna. I built one of uh, Adam, Adam K6RK's uh, antennas. He actually already did the toroid windings for me. So it was just a matter of adding some wire for a random wire. Yeah, it was It's one I'd had in my drawer for a while. So I got that it's all built. Nice. Yeah, it's, it was really nice. I got that built and, and uh, then took it in the backyard and tuned it up with a new tuner that somebody lent me. And it looked uh, and, it's, and it worked pretty good. So then I went out in the field uh, yesterday and did some soda with it, and it was I loved it. It was great. So uh, it was that was fun. Other than that, I haven't really been doing a whole lot, uh, chasing a little bit here from home, but uh, a lot of work right now. So uh, that's kind of pretty much what I've been up to. So all right, Chris, let us let us uh, hear what you've been up to. 
did Adam, did he wind you a nine to one or a 49? Did you go it's in a, feed or a random nine one? Nine to one, nine to one. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, cool, man. Um, I've been playing with one of these ATU 100s, the, um, the sort of the cheap Chinese, probably stolen design tuners. Oh. That runs, it doesn't run QRP, but it runs, I think it's, yeah, it's a, Q, it's a QRO tuner. Playing huh. with that, playing with a doublet at home. Um, it's been kind of interesting. I think Ham Radio dude did a video on his tuner, opened it up, and it looked like it had been assembled by like a zebra. Um, <laughs> and he had some issues with that. With the hooks? Anyway. Yeah, oh, dude, like, a, like just not, not even a, like, not a good zebra, like a drunk <laughs> zebra. But, anyway um but my open wind after seeing that video because i was thinking oh, this is going to burn my house down but mine was fantastic it was mint inside and that's been quite interesting and just playing with noise at home because i haven't i normally am able to get out every week or maybe at least a half day every week um to go for a, a like a long run or some baby mountaineering or do some sort of but i haven't been able to do that for a few months so i've been working on home noise and just trying to <laughs> mitigate like baby monitor noise led noise all that kind of stuff so it's going pretty well i'm down to i mean i'm using cw obviously so i get to cheat with filters that are you know like this uh, this skinny um really really narrow filtering but i'm down to s1 s0 on most bands in cw which is awesome 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 so yeah hopefully i'm going to be able to do some soda chasing and i don't know maybe chase uh, i could be a weirdo and like run qrp from home and try and dig cc on oh, cw running five watts something like that i know it seems kind of pointless <laughs> but i'm thinking about it yeah yeah no that's fine okay cool well so uh again uh, chris welcome to the show thank you for uh, sharing that with us and so of course i know you kind of i don't know that i i can't i guess i guess i can't say i really know you personally really well but you're a part of the same group the uh youtubers group i guess we call ourselves loosely so uh, a lot of the same guys we we know, you know, uh, uh, Steve and uh, and uh, Jason and you know the whole group. Uh, uh, so that's kind of where I know you from. And of course, but of course, I also know you from your videos, which you have uh, a, a really cool YouTube channel out there. And uh, so maybe we'll hear a little bit about that later on. But you know, I just we just wanted to get you on because we hadn't had a guest on for a while that uh, did summits on the air. And I know you're busy, and we all are. So so summits on just doesn't mean that matter that you may not have done anything relatively recently you've done enough i know you've uh, you've activated quite a bit and so yeah you're i would say you're an expert at uh, at uh, uh, summits on the air so we wanted to get you on and kind of kind of a little bit know a little bit more about you so go ahead and maybe introduce yourself and then just kind of tell us a little bit about maybe your family because i don't i know you have some kids and i don't, I don't know how mm -hmm. old they are and and uh, and then maybe just kind of take it from there Let it, so uh, go ahead yeah, right on. Um, I'm a reasonably, every time I say this, I have to count the years because it slowly, it turns out time marches on. So I keep telling people I'm a really new operator, you know, like I'm, hey, I'm a brand new ham radio operator. And then I count back and I think it's been four years now. So I don't know where the cutoff is, at which point you can say that you're no longer like a Daisy Fresh. I mean, I have the operating habits of a Daisy Fresh operator. That's probably I'm never going to go away. Um, but yeah, so relatively new operator. Um, a lot of people in my family were hams, but both my parents were. Uh, and yeah, I got I got my ticket just for fun, really. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I didn't know if I was going to do anything with it. And then I I think I saw Adams, yeah, I saw Adams' videos, um, K6ARK. I saw his stuff, and I thought, well, that's amazing. Let's go do that, which is summits on the air, basically. 
Um, and it didn't have to be that. It was just the idea of being outside, being in nature, hiking, running, mountaineering, just having just having fun and being able to tie something that's cerebral to something that's physical is really attractive. I've done a lot of cerebral things and I've done a lot of physical things, but there's very few things that I've done have are a nice mix of that. And kind of and radio kind of does that, right? You can do you can be really technical and you can use your, um, you know, your your nerdy radio skills, but you can also get fit and get strong. So that was it. I did heaps of summits on the air. Uh, I've subsequently done some POTA stuff and some Blake activation stuff and just general outside activation. Um, yeah, I've got two little kids, two little girls. One is in school. One isn't far from being in school. They're little people. They've got little personalities. They like to wrestle and destroy things. Um, yeah, so that's cool, but they're too slow. <laughs> they're slow, and I can't carry much weight, so they're not much use to me. Uh, yeah, great, great outdoors. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, is you know they're a little young yet, but uh, most dads really want to you know if they have a, a love for the outdoors, they want to find a way to share that with their kids. Uh, so I was, I was asking about. I was going to ask about me. that. It's really <laughs> killing me. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of weird because you think, all right, cool. What's the what is the the smallest hike? Yeah, it's quite it's quite selfish. You, you're thinking to yourself, what's the smallest hike we can do that will make me happy that I'll enjoy that they can do? You know, <laughs> yeah. and so you're thinking, what is that like? Was that five miles? Like a three year old's not going to be too keen on five miles, you know, in the wilderness. Um, and so my wife was like, you're 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 a total knob. What are you doing? Like we just need to take them on small walks, and you you know, like very sensibly, take them on. Don't take them for five miles, you idiot. Like let's do let's do half a mile. And we'll bribe them with candy, and then we'll we'll go a little bit further, and we'll bribe them with a little more candy, and before you know it, we'll be sweet, right? Um, I didn't, I haven't had the patience for that thus far. I think it's going to be this this year, this autumn's job when it cools down a little bit more is to, yeah, man, just um, what is it with a carrot in front of the nose of the donkey yep, and yep. take them along? Yeah, but um, oh, man, I'm really looking forward to just. I don't even care if like it's not even it doesn't have to be mountain stuff. I just really like. But camping would be awesome. Yeah. But I'm not so much into the, I'm not so much into the camping where like you pack the wagon up and you go to a campsite and you camp. I'd much, much rather be somewhere where there's just no one there. And yeah. it's more of a, it's a side of, I find it, again, it's all about me. I <laughs> yeah. find that a more, like a more visceral experience, you know, I enjoy that a yeah. lot more. For sure. Um, yeah. Yep. But yeah. Radio has just been one of many hobbies, man. I've got a lot of hobbies. Um, and yeah, it's one that I sort of, it's a funny one cause I got it because my parents are hands and I thought I'll make them happy. I'll get this thing. But, uh, yeah, the more, I, the more I do it, the more doors open, the more multifaceted you realize the hobby is. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's just a huge amount of fun. You can tailor it to whatever you want to do, whatever you're into. It sort of bends and morphs and just, um, yeah, fits the operator. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at, uh, at, uh, where you live, I wasn't stalking you. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first one, Charlie. It's fine, yeah, brother. Whatever yeah. you need to do. Yeah, I'm a fanboy. Um, no, so uh, right where you live, I, I don't know exactly where you live, but I guess the town you live in or whatever, there's a, a mm -hmm. lake that runs along, uh, and, I, and I, all the summits pretty much around there you've done. <laughs> but is that, I mean, you, you said something about activating on, on, on lakes. Is that where you were activating? Is on that lake there? Um, we, no, no. So we, we just, um, because I can't stop doing things. Um, we, it was basically a, there's a little, was a little initiative from, um, 
a couple of guys, um, Z03GA, Z03AB and me, we it was already an award. It's basically a New Zealand um, award system for activating leaks. So we're thinking, hey, soda is really cool, but I know people that just don't have the mobility or they don't really have the, the time or the drive or they're not super into QRP or carrying like, yeah, so we're, we were just that because we don't have a really strong um, polka crew in New Zealand. Right. Right. Like you do in the US, it's amazing in the States, but it's, not, it's just not, it's just not, you know, it's just not super popular. And they're out there for the longest time, there weren't that many parks. There are a bunch more parks now. So if you're into Poda and ZO, you should totally check out the new park list. But yeah, we were like, well, we've got heaps of lakes. New Zealand's covered in lakes. So we just, there's a, there was an award existing and we just rehashed an award, um, made it better, made it clearer, um, adjusted cool. the rules. So it's the same thing. You just, you go and activate lakes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Fun. All right, yeah, Brandon, cool. Dan. Well, I, I find uh, New Zealand very fascinating. <clears throat> it's on my hit list for a couple of reasons. Uh, uh, number one, my, my grandfather, he served uh, in that area. So he flew everywhere from uh, New Zealand to Tasmania up to New Guinea and everywhere in between during his day. So I would like to kind of spend some time there and step where he perhaps stepped at one point. But then again, you look at New Zealand and man, it is just a target rich environment for soda. And uh, I don't know that much about the the terrain, but it looks fairly mountainous. Is that true? Or is there a lot of uh, a lot of variety? Um, well, I live on <clears throat> a spine of mountains called the, excuse me, <clears throat> where I live, there's no variety. It's just rugged and rough and you walk from the bottom of the hill every time, basically. There's three, I think there's three, possibly four summits in my, within, for, for like hundreds, hundred miles of where you can drive some of the way up the summit. But most of the time you're, you just, you're at the bottom and have fun and there might be a trail if you're lucky. Um, so it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of, there's tons, as you say, there's tons um the issue is getting access because it's all super super remote um but there's no but there isn't a whole lot of bush bashing which is awesome massive plus um and because it is just mountains everywhere there are there are mountains everywhere it's not like you've got you know, like one big volcanic cone and then the next mountains in you know, 100 miles away which is uh you know the situation that a lot of people face so for access though you you uh your access is a different challenge than like property ownership it's, it's like the mountains are there and you, you have access to them. It's just, it's just that they're so remote and, and that's the problem. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly right. There are some, the, the mountains that are close to roads are owned. They're, they're quite often they're owned by private, they're owned by st their stations. So basically farms, right? Like high country farms. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right, Charlie. It's not so much that at, like physically, yeah, getting your ticket or getting permission or whatever, or paying your fee. It's like, there is the mountain it's over there, but it's like, it's 40 miles that way. That's the easy, like you're going to, you'll, you know, like it's just, you're doing massive um, distances to get in there. Um, the best way to do it is to camp. Like if you can Alpine camp, obviously it takes a huge amount more time, but you really want to get in there, do your day of travel to get in there and then get up to, get up to um, altitude and then, and then work from there. Um, Cause yeah, especially if you're doing day trips, it can just be really hard to, like unless you're just busting it, um, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of effort to get in and get access, physical access, because yeah. there's no there's no um, there's very few roads. Right. So oh, so if you okay. say this mountain right here, you've got 
no way to get in, even to get to the base. A lot of times you've got to, you got to haul in yeah, exactly. and then that might even be a day just to get to get close. And then it's, and then sometimes it's what three, two, three, four uh, meters of elevation gain <laughs> and all that is it's, it, it's, yeah. I've seen some, it's, it can be pretty hairy, can it? Yeah. A lot of the trips are obviously it's not the same everywhere. Um, it's just, that's just where I am. Um, but a lot of the trips that, um, that I'll do will be, um, they're kicking around marathon distance. Um, so they're the, a lot of them are in the 30 or 40 kilometer, um, distance range and wow. you're probably doing, this is all, this is, um, I'm really sorry guys. I'm, I'm not an Imperial man. Um, but it's, and you're looking at, I don't know, maybe 2000, 2500 vertical meters, which is some number of vertical feet. Charlie, what is that? I don't know. Three or six, four thousand six feet. I think it's six vertical feet. I think is the official calculation there. Yeah. I don't know what's 250 meters and feet. It is that it's 8,000 feet, 8,500 feet. Um, so a lot so to get to get to a lot of these and to, and to accomplish getting to the top of them, more advanced skills are probably required there in New Zealand. It sounds like. Yeah. On a, like, like anything, I guess on a good day, you just need to be able to do the distance. Like on a, on a good day, it's like you just don't the distance. You got to do the vert and you got to get home. But yeah, I guess the real the challenge, the challenge there is that obviously not all days are good, and some days start good and get really bad, and some days start bad and get really good. And because we're basically, I can almost touch Antarctica. We're so far south, and our like New Zealand is just the South Island of New Zealand is just a jutting spine. It's a mountain range that pokes out at the South Pacific Ocean and there's nothing anywhere. So we just get blasted. We've got no like landmass insulation, whatever, whatever the planet decides to throw at the South Pacific, we just eat it. We get no warning. So the weather changes on a dime. So it can go from beautiful to just really bad, really fast. And so you can imagine, you know, if you're six or seven hours from your vehicle um, and you're halfway through your trip or whatever, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, there's just a lot of responsibility, you know, involved in sort of keeping yourself safe and all that kind of stuff. But having said that, that's just what I do. There are lots of operators, not where I am, but um, also in ZL that have a different experience. So it's not all like crazy ridiculousness. You can still be in ZL and have, you know, have fun times and take sandwiches, you know? Like up north, like, right? The Northern Island? Yeah, like in the, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and just have sandwiches and take and play a game of chess and ring your mum. You know, like a nice, <laughs> casual, happy, you know, like yeah. normal, what, what a normal person would do. You can still do that. Yeah. Brian, do you have anything at this point? Well, I was going to ask, so what What are some of the, um, we'll say, non-weather hazards that you have to deal with, like wildlife or the related to the population or things when you're going out to these summits? What are some of the considerations you have other than, other than the, the ones we already covered? Well, we're really lucky in some regards. We don't have, we're not Australia, so we don't have any deathy death viper 9000s that'll kill you just by looking at you. Um, there's nothing, there's basically nothing dangerous uh, wildlife wise. Um, the only danger in terms of plants is there are things that we call, we call them Spaniards. They're called spear grass. Um, and they're just pokey little buggers. They're, I mean, they're not. Did you, you, you say spear grass? Yeah, like spear grass. Yeah. yeah, I called it. Yeah, exactly. I call in New Zealand we call them Spaniards, and then someone told me I should probably stop calling them Spaniards because I have a YouTube channel, and people might get offended. So no offense intended. That's just what we call them. I don't know why we call them that, <laughs> but they're just like they're like they're yeah they're like little they're like really thick little flax plants that'll puncture car tires. Um, so they're really good wow. in the shins. 
but honestly, but so you basically, um, it's all really exposed and barren, so trees don't grow. So there's very little bush bashing, so that's great. Um, there's very little problem in terms of animals. You just see heaps of mountain goats, um, heaps of mountain goats, heaps of deer, and heaps of like native New Zealand birds, like um, alpine birds. Um, weather's the big one, isolation's the big one, and it's just going to be exposure really that gets you. So it's going to be super, 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 super cold and you're going to be unprepared or you're going to get wet and it's going to be super cold and you're going to freeze. Um, or yeah, some people, the heat's another issue, but it's not such, it's not such a big one. People, obviously people get heat stroke all the time, but for me, it's not such a big deal because I'm at altitude, I'm at elevation. So I've got, I've always got breeze. Um, and I'm always really high. So it's colder anyway, even, even, you know, if you're smoking hot, if you're running, like yeah, you have heat issues, but um, yeah, it's all, it's just the isolation. And if you're, it's hard, it's hard to get evacuated. It's hard to be rescued when a, there's nobody anywhere because you're in a village in the mountains. But um, B, if the visibility, if the weather's bad, then yeah, helicopters, it's it's really hard to get a helicopter in when it's blowing, you know, yeah. there's no vis. So you're like, oh no. All right, rescue team Charlie. Come get me, Charlie. Um, you and <laughs> yeah. your team of three SAR guys. Oh, yeah. by the way, you've got to come in uh, 20 kilometers up a valley through a river system, and then you got to climb the – you know, like, it's just dumb. It's just really bad. It's not a place you want to be. Um, but, no, nah, like, as I said, that's just what I do. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean that everyone does that, you know. There are far yeah, more well, challenges you can do with your time. Well, we're interested in what, you and what you're doing, so that's cool. Sure. What's the? Uh, is there any uh, FM repeater coverage? Do you have at least that once you get up in elevation, or is that down on the South Island there? There's not much of that going on. That's some fancy man stuff, here, Brian. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you're really about electricity. What you, what? No, <laughs> no. There, we do have one repeater, uh, which is organized by a super lovely guy that uh, donates a heap of his time. Um, very, very good at what he does. But um, I generally just don't take an HD because the only people I'm going to okay. get um, Simplex are him and his, and his lovely wife, both of them, both, both are hams. And I can probably get them from about eight, eight peaks if they're around. We do have a repeater, but um, getting in is, I mean, even if you could get in, um, which I'm obviously, I'm, I'm, which you can't often because it's just like, it's just a blanket of mountains. You know, you can see it from one, but if you're one mountain back, there are just other mountains in the way. There's just always stuff in the way. But um, yeah, even if you could get in, like they're, they're not going to help me. There's no, yeah, yeah they're not going to chase yeah. me. Um, they might not. The, the repeaters, like I think is true in most of the world, are really quiet. Um, yeah, so there's not a whole lot of repeater activity anyway. My whole life is on HF. Yeah. It would be nice though, wouldn't yeah, it? So it's I'm sure I think be... we're running out of like these, <laughs> having a great time, like not yeah. having to set up in tennis, just like hell, like it looks like magic to me. <laughs> So it's basically for if you're if you need to call for help, it's if the cell phone doesn't work and you got a sat phone, it's a sat phone or or a spot or you're just uh, you're waiting until somebody knows you're missing. Yeah, it just it just just good basics. You know, have a have a um, a little trip report, tell your wife where you're going, have return times, that kind of jazz. Cell phone is useful sometimes. Um, it's it's completely unreliable, but sometimes it's it's. Have you ever been up a mountain and you look at your phone thinking there's no way, and you've got full like yeah. full 4g reception it's like, it's like that you know it's like a it's like a you're just rolling the dice sometimes you've got um reception a lot of time it depends where you are if you're really remote you know there's no chance of, of cell phone but um my biggest tool is just the those inreach minis those garments oh, yeah. yeah so good man 
yeah so so good oh yeah i have um, the full one yeah yeah i think if you're if you're playing for like um being rescued is deploying your dipole and jumping on there and throwing out some diddy diddy dadas on hf Ooh. like save me i don't think that's a good plan <laughs> no no, <laughs> no. you're gonna be there for a while all right yeah. well I no, wanted that's to... that's what i was getting at Go ahead, Charlie. I was just—I was just saying—that's what I was getting at. Is what? What? What's the? What's the absolute? I'm in deep crap. I'm in deep doo doo, and I've got to do something about it. I, I figured it was getting—it was going to be down to the in reach, but I was just curious to see what uh, what you guys did because we all kind of have the same philosophy here. Charlie, Dan, and I both have the the three options, and the last one being the fire alarm, as I call it, which is you know pushing the buttons on the reach, just wait for someone to come. Yeah, it's find a find a rock, find a rock, baby, find some natural shelter jump into your emergency blanket, put all your clothes on and yeah, stop praying and push the buttons, push as many buttons as you can find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to digress a little bit, uh, Chris from ham radio, just for a minute, because okay. I know that you have a lot of other interests. I mean, you have a bunch of different hobbies and one of them that I know you have or had is bushcraft. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what you do there? <clears throat> I live in the mountains again, so we, there aren't that many trees. It's just really exposed, uh, and the tree, like the, the we have bushes. We don't really have trees. If I if I went further to the coast, <sighs> there'd be trees. So um, yeah, the bush. I don't do a whole lot of it just because I don't have access to that kind of terrain. I've got I've got really good access to alpine terrain, but not not like lowland access is pretty poor. Um, so the stuff that I so naturally, I'm interested in the stuff that I can't do or can't right. do a lot of. Well, tell us what but you can't do <laughs> that you want to do. Time, I spend a lot of time doing, um, I really, I find something, I find um, putting tarps up really interesting. The variety in what you can do with like a three meter by three meter tarp, uh, pitching stuff, the, the, just the, the, the permutations that can take, the different shapes. I spend uh, heaps of time putting tarps up with the kids and sitting under, just in the backyard playing around with different shapes and teaching the kids how to tie different knots and how to tighten things off. And just, I find the, with, with, and, and fire starting is another one, like starting fires um, with like, with bow drills and ferro rods and the different ways you can start fire and prepare, um, prepare your tinder and that kind of stuff. I find that really, really interesting because I just, I have this fear of raising children that are just, like all they know how to do is is turn on the ticky talks. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like they're really good on their phone and all their social interactions through their phone and they have no physical practical skills. That I that I hate that. Yeah. That makes, now that's exactly that, who you are, right? You Chris? You're like, like that's who you well, are. I'm a, you? I'm a software engineer. Like it's so it's a weird it's like it's this weird dichotomy whereby my day job is I'm a, I'm a an engineer and all I do is work on the computer, but in my off time I try to be the opposite of that. Um, but yeah, I just really like the idea of having little kids running around in 2022 that actually have some physical practical skills that aren't just like, I ran out of phone. What do I do? You know, or I've got no reception. How do I, you know what I mean? I just, I hate that like floundering sort of just, uh, it just, I just don't like it. So I want, I want to upskill these kids and give them some practical skills and get them outside and like have them like give them a knife and teach them how to whittle stuff or make a fire and if they cut themselves like that sucks man but that's part of life and you're going to learn and just be a you know like a tough little tough little kid 
Yeah. So it's important skills, right? I mean, uh, for everybody really, but it's nice that you're thinking about your kids and wanting to bring them up and kind of show them some of that. My grandfather, uh, he, I, who raised me, uh, taught me all kinds of stuff like that, you know, and as, as I was, you know, growing up and stuff like that. And, uh, I look back now and, and even if they don't really have a, at the moment, a, a true life application for some of the stuff, that the principles that it teaches about self-reliance and uh, you know being motivated and and uh, learning things yourself all that's really important so it's it's cool yeah yeah those yeah. those in-person uh, social skills are are what's missing is you know like what you were talking about <laughs> as far as you know you want them to enjoy being there in person instead of enjoying necessarily where someone else has been through a media channel or or through their phone, you know, experience, experience life for yourself. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I, I think, like you said, Charlie, I, I don't even like, you can't force people to like stuff, right? So despite the fact that I really like CW, some people are just not going to like it. And that's totally cool. People like different things, but exposure is really important, right? So you, yeah. it's hard to know if you don't like something unless you've done it. So I think exposing people to lots of different things um yeah it's really important and to your point about being taught skills from your grandparents um it's not and you're trying to find like you feel maybe you feel a little bit bad because you've got these things and you feel like you can't really utilize them but i think it's just a, it's almost a self-confidence thing you know what i mean like yeah. i really like like deep down in, in me I, like i really like the knowing that if something bad was to happen i'm probably one of the most useful people in the room and, you know, or, or, or if something bad happens, I just, you feel like you've got like, you've got like this backstop inside of you because you have some practical skills or things you can do. You can build things with your hand. You can, you're, pra you're practical outside. You can think in useful linear ways to solve problems. So it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not so much that I don't think it's really that important that, Hey, you know, Hey, we're not whittling right now. Or, Hey, you know, we're not striking a fear rod right now, but it's like, you kind of build that internal system of self-resilience and self-reliance that just gives you a little bit of confidence in everything that you do. Exactly. And that, and that carries over into radio as well. When you, especially if someone's on the air, you, there are occasions where you have to, uh, you have to be flexible and you have to be creative in, I mean, every time you go on a summit, you don't know what you're going to face unless you've been there before, as far as how you're going to set up your antenna and all that and how, how the reception is going to be. So it's all, you know, it's all trial and error and, and you have to be flexible and, and, uh, kind of know what you're doing no it could be it could be even even if you've been there a hundred times you don't know what the propagation is going to be no. like it could be like a coronal mass ejection and the bands are trash and you're thinking cool all right everything from 40 up or 40 down is wrecked what am i going to do how am i going to play the game who can i get um especially yeah, no, if you are if you're taking three days to get to the summit right <laughs> it's gonna make yeah. it worth it gotta think outside <laughs> the box yeah, all right so so I wanted to, you mentioned it just a minute ago that you're a software engineer. So before time gets away from us too much, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about something you came up with if you, if you want to. And, uh, uh, so I thought it was pretty cool when you, when you introduced it. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about it and, and where you're at with it. The soda stars thing. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, I built this ages ago. I built this little tool, um, and I didn't know what to call it, so I called it the dumbest thing I could possibly think of. So I called it Soda Stars. Um, you gonna share your screen, or do you want me to share it? Oh no, you can you can share it. It's all good. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I built a um, I built a tool that goes away and it steals. <laughs> I asked permission, so don't worry. 
it, it steals all the soda, all the data from soda data. Um, and it lets you, it's basically like, um, it turns summits on the year kind of into the Boy Scouts, whereby you remember getting those badges. I love yeah. those badges. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's basically, it's, it's, a, it's a tiny little award system, but it's not focused on your points. You know, like your raw points. Um, they're like your mountain goat points. Right. So there's, pl there's plenty of people out there that are never going to get there or at least feel like they're never going to get there, but they like doing other things. So um, I built a system whereby you get awards for doing random stuff. So you've got, um, there's a, you get um, awards for first activations. You get awards for how many CW contacts have you got? How many SSB contacts have you got? How many bands have you worked on? You're on, how many bands have you worked on a single activation? Um, it gives you a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of ranking stuff in there. There is, um, there's stuff in there for activating different kinds of peaks or activating the same peak lots of different times or even just getting your first CW contact. There's awards for that or awards for doing VHF contacts, UHF contacts, um, number of associations you've worked, uh, number of regions you've worked. There's tons and tons of stuff in there. Um, and yeah, that's basically, oh, a number of QSOs you get as well, which is a really interesting one because I know quite a few people that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s and they're out there and they're sitting on little one point peaks, having an awesome, awesome time. And the fun for them is how many contacts can I make? Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, can I, can I do 20? Can I do 30? Can I do 40? That's kind of their drive. They find that really fun and it's, they don't get so rewarded for that. So, right. Well, and there's yeah, like for, variety, for, example, right? for example, me, I, I've already had, I already have my mountain goat. So after you get the thousand points, the mountain goat, I mean, you could go for the next one and the next one, but you know, there are other things like right now I'm working on trying to get unique activations. I, I'm, I'm, I want to get, I, right now I'm close to getting 200 unique activations. I want to actually get 250. That's my goal. And, I, and that's something where, that I've been focusing on. And it's, there's not, I mean, I guess there is kind of an award for soda for that, but uh, the, this, this little website has, has me, allows me to track that a little bit. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's just trying to make things more accessible and more. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I, I like, I, when I started soda, I was like, ah, oh, points, 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 let's go, 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 let's do, do, do. Um, because I had a little bit of, a little bit more free time um, and soda and getting points and summits on the air is just about free time. Like the person that has the most free time is going to get the most points, right? If right. you just want to quit your job and do full-time soda, you'll get a ton of points really quickly. So, you know, it, like that's really cool. And I think it's a, it's a great goal for some people, but yeah, the less time you have, I think the more, yeah, you just kind of change. Yeah. You can't, you, the, your perspective changes a little bit. So yeah, man, it yeah. was just a, it was just a thing to make it more inclusive. Like people like different things. And so this awards you for being totally random, you know, like I've got this, if you want to go and work contacts on 160, You'll get an award. Ta-da! You know what I mean? It's just fun. It's fun. It's totally non-official. You can't. You don't get to print off your own award. It doesn't cost you money. Um, yeah, it just sits there and attracts you. It, it um, goes and reprocesses the data uh, once a day. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's just there's just tons of stuff in there. I haven't, I haven't worked on it in a few months, but yeah, it's just a it's just it's this tries to bring more people on board and um, yeah, kind of keep them engaged for a little bit longer because some people they operate once or twice and they're sort of. Yeah, it gamifies summits on the air a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of fun. The different things like the Digi Digi Dada award in there. I, there isn't yeah. one for how many times does Dan fall down on a mountain though. I could lead oh, that right. pretty easily. Easily. 
We couldn't. You got to keep it fair, mate. If you don't, if you don't have access to a Dan, there's no easy Dan access, then how am I going to get that? That's right. But there's nice. a lot of cool things on here to 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 work towards and stuff. So, uh, you know, you should everybody should go out and take a look at it and and see what they want to hammer out on. So, yeah, the links in the comments below the in the show notes. So it's funny you say unique active fit. Oh, maybe I don't get that data. I was just thinking, Charlie. I don't actually think there is a um, an award set for uniques. Oh I well, I, can, I track it on the on regular Soda website, but still. Yeah, gotcha. Because yeah. um, it'd be good to have that. But again, I'm, I'm sort of limited to, um, in some ways, limited to what the data I can get from the system. Um, right. So the the reason I built this to start with was I wanted to know how many first activations people had because they don't because that's like a it's kind of like this right. hush hush thing that I want right. to tell you. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll build that, and then I was like, wait, let's build a whole let's let's do a whole thing. But right. It's just so, a bit of fun. So you do uh, anything else interesting that you've worked on with the, not necessarily radio related, but with your job? Uh, is there anything that that you found like fascinating or interesting that you've done? Um, we do a really wide variety of things. So we a lot of our work is for really big tourism companies because we're in New Zealand. The New Zealand's a big tourism um, location, which is. Uh, to be honest, not being ideal because um, apparently we're an island and we exist um, on our own now. We're totally closed off and no one can come. Thank you very much. Right. We're basically you, the moon. No <laughs> mail, right? You can't get anything mailed to you oh, from here. From oh, the oh, no so, bill. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, no, the bills always come, my man. That's, just, that, <laughs> that's entropy and bills. Those are the two things you cannot fight. Um, but so that sucked. But um, we do all, oh, we just do a lot of stuff. I mean, we do not too too long ago. We were building some software to scrape data from. Um, I should before I say this, I should say I'm not against um, uh, solar power, but uh, a company. Um, what do they do? They paid us to to scrape uh, power data from French and German nuclear reactor sites and to see what the total output of the countries were in terms of nuclear. And then um, plot those again, do a bunch of data analysis on that versus the data coming into, I think it was Scotland, because there was some big thing about how Scotland was going to go completely green and they weren't going to pull in any nuclear energy from anywhere. That was the that was the party line and that was in the newspapers. And so well, I didn't know any, I didn't know this was a, there was a big there was a, there was a thing. There was a thing about how Scotland was going to be all green. Um, pretty sure it was Scotland. And so we did all this work and put because they they didn't the data was really hard to get access to we had to go on like do all this horrible scraping it wasn't like they made it easy to see um what was going on with the numbers there and so we scraped we scraped all this data and that was fine with the job didn't think too much of it it was quite interesting but we gave them the data and they sat there and just sat there and processed for you know for a couple of years and then someone sent me a newspaper article about like oh no it's all a scam the data is like they were pulling in tons of nuclear power from france but they said it wasn't happening and i was sitting there thinking Oh no, oh no! Have I just single-handedly destroyed? Has my team just destroyed all your fault, like, Chris? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like we just we didn't know what we just that's we just brainy stuff, though, man. It's just like yeah. oh god, am I? Screen yeah, scraping but, is is one of the most difficult parts in programming. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, it's horrible going and trying using oh just oh it was that bit was hard. It sucked to do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just weird. So we do that and we do like big e-commerce stuff. We make people lots of money. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, yeah, man, we just, yeah, like I said, I do heaps of stuff. 
that's just my day job my silly okay. day job that pays for everything in my life yeah yeah as he as he sips on a cup of uh herbal tea yeah it's peppermint tea there you go still the peppermint <laughs> yeah but like my, i probably yeah my two biggest things are radio well actually, i shouldn't say biggest because i get so many freaking hobbies but i also spent heaps and heaps of time doing um martial arts which i've done oh, since yeah. i was a little kid which um, uh which system so i do um i run a little i run a um karate club we yeah. do like old school um like like Kempo or uh oh, oh uh it's karate from okinawa so it's like so one it's of the before you yeah it's it's well it, it's uh it's called judo karate which is one of the, the biggest styles in the world um and it's very like it's not it's not very flashy it's a lot of suffering it's kind of down to the ground really there's a lot of like there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of suffering and there's no medals and there's just or no medals of consequence and there's yeah. just lots of like smashing your forearms against someone else's forearms, and kicking people's shins repeatedly for fun, supposedly. Um, is there, like, is so there grappling in there, or like uh, jujitsu and stuff that mixed in? They talk, they talk about. I think I think all styles talk about the things that they don't have, and as if they, I don't know. But people say that in karate, karate is like a, there's a lot of grappling in karate. I've never seen it. I've been training for 25 years. I've never really seen it. But yeah, I also do Brazilian jujitsu. That's um, and I, awesome. And I, five days a week i'm doing that off well on a good on a good week i'm doing that five five times that's, a week it, see that's the, the the if i had it to do over again because i started in kempo if i had it to do over again i would do uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu i think that's the most one of the most useful uh martial arts it's interesting you, know? you say that mr charlie because i think about this every day because i've got little kids and they're yeah. girls and like I, i'm all i i think about this all the time no this is this we shouldn't have done this six hours later um <laughs> i'm like i think about this all the time about what because i've got experience and so i do my karate i do brazilian jiu-jitsu and i do kobodo which is like um okinawan weapons training but right? it's, it's the freaking it's ninja turtle stuff it's the weapons that the ninja turtles use except for katana so i do those three things and so i think to myself if i had a little kid which turns out i do i've got two and I wanted them to be strong robust uh individuals that are that are a positive net positive impact on society which I do. What and and they wanted to do a martial art, which I hope they do. But if they don't, it's totally fine. What would you? What would you? What would you want little kids to do? And I, I think Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is kind of like the, it's the it's the poster child right now, right? In the seventies and eighties, yeah. karate. It was like yeah. the karate kid movies were massive, and then seventies and eighties karate was the thing. Everyone was into it. It was like woo karate. That's the thing. And now it's not that. It's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's yep. the yep. it's the poster child. It's everyone's into it. Yay, fantastic um i really really enjoy it but i don't think that i i have a couple of problems with it and th these are not i haven't finalized these thoughts everything's in a state of flux in my primitive monkey brain I, I have very few firm firmly held conclusions about anything but i don't if you want to like i think re wrestling's a little bit different i think wrestling is is probably better but brazilian jiu-jitsu you're taught basically to sit on your butt and lie down and have one person try and grapple you and I have a problem with that from like a self-defense type perspective, whereby right, you don't want to be a, on the floor, right? Yeah, and like if you're, especially if you're like a 120 pound lady, right? And your idea of self-defense is to sit down and try and grapple on the ground, because a lot of a lot of jiu-jitsu, it's they work from the from the knees or the bottom. They're sitting. There's not a 
they're a standing involved, but a lot of times one person, a lot of people just get good at jujitsu sitting, like they play that guard um, position, which is cool. But I just, man, if there's a 300 pound gorilla that's kind of angry and they want to mess you up and you sit, I don't think sitting in the middle of a pub is a great self-defense right. move. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. what if there are two yeah. gorillas? So I really like the I like the idea of staying on your feet and being able to run and punch yeah. and scream and kick and being mobile. Sort of like the Muay Thai or the Karate or, or something like that. For, yeah. for well, it's good. It's good like, that uh, you're doing both, then, Chris. So you have a, a good mix. Yeah, I. I mean, I just did. I did too much stuff, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but again, that's again, and that's like, how how often are you going to have to use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Kobudo or Karate to defend yourself in the real world? Probably right. never. Hopefully never. But, right. but but just because I don't use the skills doesn't mean I used I don't use the skills. It's like the conversation with with Granddad, right? With Grandpa, it just gives you this backstop thing where you're like, I'm a reasonably competent human being. So this lady was really rude to me at the supermarket. Am I going to go off the handle and explode? No, I'm not. Because I was just wrestling with Charlie, and Charlie whooped my butt, and it was terrible. I, I did nothing. You know what I mean? This is nothing compared to having Charlie like on my back trying to pop my head off like a Lego man. This is nothing. It's just a lady that was angry, you know. And if you don't have that that kind of counter counterbalance when the person gets angry at you, or you know, you're like, oh damn it, Dan fell down the mountain again. Now I got to go rescue him. It's less. You just don't get so angry. So you use the skills all the time. A, a lot of it. A lot of that. The I think the biggest skill people derive from it is is discipline right and being able to control yourself i think that's that's the biggest thing it seems to me is what people get out of it yeah i think so too um but i'm also very aware that it doesn't have to be like i can teach i could i could teach it's not about me <laughs> but you could teach a kid discipline in anything man you can i played a lot of violin as a kid I played the violin for a long time and I learned a lot about discipline from a tiny string instrument called the violin. I learned that I had to be up at six in the morning, every morning to practice. I had to practice for an hour. I had to practice when it sucked. I had to practice when I didn't want to practice. Uh, I had to get better. I had to keep going to my lessons. Like the, 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 it's like, it doesn't matter what kind of car you jump into, you can still arrive at the, at the destination of discipline, you know? And, and so I think martial arts gets like, they get a lot of praise for that. But honestly, I think you can learn a lot of discipline from, from football, you know, or from running or from anything. The the myth, the, yeah, it's, I don't think it has to be that. Um, but I think we, we get a lot of credit. Maybe maybe it's deserved, maybe it's not. Um, yeah. It's a, it's so topic. I'm going to bring this back around, and believe me, or right, believe it or not. And I, this has been a good discussion, though, because it's uh, it's kind of leading into another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, and that is so. How long have you learned? Have you known uh, or have been working with CW Morse code, Chris? A couple of years now. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it must be two years. Yeah, two years. Okay. So this is this is a perfect point we just made about learning CW. Right? It's the same thing. You have to have discipline, and you have to, uh, you know. And it's another one of those things. Whether you learn it or not, you should at least be exposed to it, like we talked about before, because you don't know if you're gonna like it or not until you're exposed to it so uh, it's a good point so how's your uh morris code coming along have you had an opportunity to, to advance much or is it just quite kind of weird uh, yeah okay cool tell us about yeah it. i oh man cw is such a funny thing it's like i didn't again it's like why would you it's just honest, honest no offense to anybody and i love morse code 
but what like from an outsider's perspective cw just seems so dumb doesn't it like, what are you do, like like did you go did you go to the supermarket in like a steam engine like how did you get to the shops today is that how you did it like did you rock your penny farthing is that what you're into that's kind of weird but that's fine whatever you do you you know like it's just it's just from the outside it seems like such a dumb thing and then i guess if you're weird enough you 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 try it and you have so there's some impetus for trying it some reason right you you try it and then you realize this dumb thing is amazing this thing kicks butt it's it's so cool it's it's the bit it's probably the best thing about ham radio for me yeah. um I've, I've tried heaps of stuff in ham radio i've tried heaps of stuff this little goofy da thing is just so cool it's it's just it's so useful it's so it's really gratifying it's it's a hard skill it's something that you kind of you can feel a little proud in um and being able to do it's just it's just such a beautiful thing and it makes no sense <laughs> at least to me i'm thinking what what is it like what is it that's so appealing about it and some and it's kind of this ethereal thing but so i learned my cw for soda um which is really cool the problems that i've had that i have with it now is that well not really problems but the challenges they say are that in soda you probably operate i don't know how fast you operate charlie it sounds like you're about 20 words a minute 25. you're at 25 classic charlie 25. uh i'm at i operated at 20 and a lot of other operators the normal you know the mortal operators operate at about 18. 18 to 20 words per minute at least where i'm at is kind of the uh kind of the standard and so that, that's cool but I've been playing around with the idea of because I just like trying new things of doing some contests. And so I did my first contest last year and my 20 words per minute, it was a little bit slow. It was a little yeah. bit yeah. for contesting, a little bit slow. Uh and so yeah, it's just been going for, for for me, yeah, going from 20 to even like 24, 25, I've been struggling with that. I find that quite hard. I sort of I got to my i got to like 15 18 like surprisingly quickly and it was and it was all good and i've been operating around that speed and it's just i'm also i don't get because of where i am and i'm qrp as well i don't get a whole lot I, in fact i don't i've never worked the european station so you think about the call signs of europeans they're quite varied whereas i generally just work in stations k stations zl stations vk stations uh and japanese stations and that's about it so especially at, at pace i'm not used to copying european stations i'm not used to copying I'm, I'm not used to copying even canadian calls so but when you're at home operating a little bit faster with a bit more power um and you've got more acts like you can you can use the radio if you're at home when the, the conditions are good so you jump on and you and there'll be europeans there whereas in soda you're just like you just man the bed's been made you gotta sleep in it you've got your you know, window like you can't like just jump into the McDonald's next door and be like, bro, it's not so good right now. I'm gonna go have a Big Mac, come back in a couple of hours and the propagation cleans up. You just you just eat it. You just deal with yeah. whatever the problem is. You just, you know, so it's yeah. that's been quite a challenge for me is to work a little bit faster and get competent at copying calls that I don't recognize, uh, which I can totally do, but it's it's a little jarring. You know, when yeah. like on a, the top of you you're working soda and you're like, cool. I know who it's going to be. I know who you guys were all the time just because of the videos, right? Like that um, WOMNA, WOMA or something. Yes. And, yes. Um, there's, and like, and Charlie's call. There are just, there are calls that you see all the time, right? And you know how easy it is. You're not even thinking. It's total autopilot mode. You're like, oh, yeah, that's Gary. That's Jeff. You know, that's Sally. It's just so <laughs> yeah. easy. 
I get into that a lot with my CW because I know 90% of the sessions that are going to come back. And so I feel like I'm not really practicing my CW. I'm just practicing my, like my memory. It's just not the same. It is. Whereas yeah. Around 100 watts. It's not the same. It's like it's harder. Right. Right. Brian is probably amongst the three of us anyway, the, uh, is probably the most, uh, into contesting and, and trying to, to become more proficient in that. Right, Brian. Yeah. I, uh, I tell everybody I can, if, if I can go no problem, probably 30 words a minute in the contest or, or faster, uh, because it's fairly predictable. It's numbers. It's easy to pick out in your head. Um, my bad CW is, you know, perfectly acceptable up at that level. But if we're going to start having a conversation, it's going to have to slow down a little bit. Once it goes past the normal, you know, my radio is this, the weather's that, my name is this, the, the stuff that you can kind of fill in the blanks on and don't have to listen to intently, it's good to go. But if you start telling me about your hat and the karate you're teaching your kids and, you know, that they're, they're, uh, they're more interested in the phone. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're, we're hosed mm. at that point. It's just, it just, it starts to rapidly become noise until we slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, exactly but I'm, I'm actively working on trying to get, to get past that level. But I, I know honestly at the contesting level, I never thought 30 plus words a minute would be possible for me. That just seemed like absolutely impossible. And now it's like, Oh, that was just uh, you know, nine, eight, seven, two. And his name is uh, Jim. Boom. And it's in the log and we're, we're moving on. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, so we only we have a little over what we got six minutes left. So, uh, is there anything else, uh, uh, Chris, that you want to talk about, maybe, or that we haven't to ask that you think is important, or, or at least that you might be think interesting to people? Um. Oh, I just I'm just really excited about getting people to do this weird hobby, you know, that everyone says is dying, but it's clearly not dying. Um, right. It's just such an it's such an I don't know. But it might be slightly. I mean, there are. The U.S. is like the, is the mecca of ham, right? There's still there are still um, plenty of operators. I mean, it might not feel like it to you, but from my perspective, looking in, there are a lot of American operators. But where I live in, in VK, there just aren't that many, um, and it's this hobby that's dominated by. Um, I shouldn't say dominated. That implies like it's on purpose and there's some like nefarious thing. But there's just a lot of people that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s that, that do it. They're the core of it, and you know, thank goodness for them because without them, there would there would be absolutely nothing um it's just yeah so like making the youtube videos doing the radio runner um stuff and just talking to people about ham radio i'm just like the important thing for me is just that it's just such a i just i, I find it it's i think it's really exciting i think it's such a cool hobby i'm super interested in getting more people to do it um and just try and trying to find some sort of time stuff that they already do so maybe it's hiking or running or whatever it is but no, I just I just really want to get more people to talk to, um, and it's just there's so many positive things about ham radio that I'm super. I just think it's great. I think it's so freaking cool. Um, I love it. The people are awesome. It's such a great community. They're a grumpy old man, but they're a grumpy old man and everything. Yeah, like it's just part of human nature. So it's it's not awesome all the time. There are heaps of people argue about stuff. You know, people start throwing f bombs about how much they hate the uh, like. DMR or what like it's 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 humans like doing stuff it's not all perfect yeah. but it's yeah. such a great hobby I'm super into it and I'm just really excited that YouTube gives us this platform to show people just the variety of stuff that we can do you know and how interesting it is and how inclusive it is and it's just now I just I think it's awesome yeah so you guys watching go ahead and check out his his YouTube channel it's Radio Runner and it's awesome it's really good he does some a, a really a lot of really cool portable radio uh 
you know, summits on the air stuff. And so let me recognize uh, our uh, Reza in the room too. She uh, does, she has a great channel as well. And, and hers is, uh, she does some portable stuff, but does other stuff as well. And, and, and it's the same thing, Chris, is what you're talking about. She really promotes the hobby as well. And uh, all the YouTubers out there, I really appreciate all of them because, uh, you know, we all have this little niche and this thing that we enjoy doing. And when we share it with others, it really helps out the community, I think. So, so good for you, Chris. I appreciate you uh, doing that. Um, let's go ahead and wrap up then. And, uh, uh, before we do, I just wanted to mention one other thing. Some, some of you may know, uh, ham radio live, the, the YouTube channel called ham radio live. Um, my friend Larry does that show. It's he's, his call signs K seven H N. And, uh, I am going to be on his show in about 30 minutes or so. So if you're interested, uh, go ahead and hop over there in about 30 minutes to Ham Radio Live, and, and he'll be interviewing me. It's a great guy, and his channel is I, its one of my favorites, so it's, it's good. So I just want to make sure you guys know about that. And so uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll say my goodbyes first, and then we'll end with you, Chris. But uh, again, thank you so much for being on. It seems like we just t uh, hit the tip of the iceberg here with, with learning more about you. And you got, uh, you, you're a very interesting person with a lot of different hobbies. So... Uh, good luck to to you with your your job and also with your your little family and and I hope that your your girls grow up to be just as cool as you are, and uh, so uh, I'll so I'll say seventy three to you and uh, let Brian and Dan uh, finish it out. Yeah, Chris, thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's great to finally meet you. So I've watched most of your videos and they're truly enjoying, uh, very enjoyable. So I'm looking forward to someday getting down to that neck of the woods and seeing some of the the beauty of New Zealand. So uh hats off to you keep making the videos that's for sure thank you brother yeah and brian just dropped off so i'm not quite sure what happened with him but uh uh with that i'll i guess i'll just say 73 any last words then chris say you already did some but uh yeah man just <clears throat> there's so many people making awesome content you can find someone that you resonate with um ah oh, we're just it's such a good time it's such a good time it's yeah like i said man just if you're curious about trying cw please do i know it seems super goofy from the outside but once you get into it it's really cool it's really hard it's a struggle but um it's such a great mode it is the best mode unquestionably the best mode um yeah ham radio is cool don't let anybody tell you different cool looks like i'm uh, looks like i'm having some connectivity issues with my camera all of a sudden i don't know if you guys can hear me or not we can hear yep, you, we hear you. okay yeah camera's offline at the moment so chris it's great meeting you and uh Thankfully, you don't have to actually see my face. So at this point, so you're actually in a much better place at right now. <laughs> That's fine, man. You you look great. Don't worry about it. So we've all kind of said goodbye. So uh, it's up to you to finish it out, Brian, and close us out. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for uh, joining us here. Um, again, we just improved the show by 200% by having my camera uh, versus decide to go offline. So thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. W7JT here with uh, NJ7V, Dan, and Chris. See you later. Bye.